is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, host Brandon, join my host Nick No Dan. He is on vacay, so we bring in Dennis. A uh, friend from up north, couch critic himself. How you doing, sir? I'm pretty good, man. Went to the gym, worked on my, you know, rehabbing my shoulder a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good, but, you know, would have liked to have seen a bit of result today. How about that? Did you work on your finishing while you were there? <laughs> Did you? I think Chelsea could use me if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, are you ready for the call? Because, you know. Talk it's... to your boys, man. I'm ready. Yeah, a bit of a focus to say the least. This one is going to be the Dortmund first leg match review, as you already know. Uh, so we'll be breaking down everything about the approach to the match and the quality of football played. We'll talk about the goal scoring problems persisting even abroad. And then what needs to happen in the second leg uh, to advance to Stamford Bridge. And we might have the answer, actually. So. Uh, before we get into it, as always, we love to do the three-word match review. Get a temperature check for all of you out there. How are you doing after this one? Uh, per usual, tons of responses. Usually, it's Dan's responsibility, Nick, so I'm going to need to have you fill in for us. And Dan, Dan's in, in Dennis's home country in, in Vancouver this uh, this week for a little well, well-earned rest. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing... The Michelin star tour as only they can do. <laughs> There's a couple good restaurants there, I must yeah, say. Yeah. So they're Come to they're, hit me up if he needs to know. Yeah. My wife's they're, from they're, out there. Yeah, they're killing it this week. So uh I will take responsibility for, for this. Uh, as you might expect, there's a few about scoring goals. DJ Fantasy with need a striker, Clayton with still firing blanks. Uh, Matt Gottlieb with This Is Fine, uh, with the, of course, uh, iconic meme. Uh, J.L. Hines with Are We Brighton? Question mark. Not sure if good or bad. Uh, Carefree Youth with Only Halftime, which is very true. Andrew McDougal, one of the Porto Five, with Not Potter's Faults. And finally, Il Harry, Are We Cursed? It's a great question that only Brandon can answer with his three-word match review. So... It's true that this is the burden I carry, Harry. I appreciate you uh, pulling that one out. No, I put battered the wall, you know, and I know it uh, didn't account for much. Statistically, I test did everything we could have just did not get the ball across the line. Uh, no, thank you to Emery Chan for that one. Uh, so, yeah, Nick. You have another idea, another option for a solution. Yeah, I tweeted this out, and it seemed to be pretty popular, so I'm just going to kind of copy-paste, and, you know, I I took on the script-writing responsibilities this evening, so I'm being lazy with coulda, shoulda, woulda. Apropos. Thank you. Um, I came up with um, a slogan that I've been using a lot lately with my troublesome threesome son. It's finish your dinner. You know, like, how many opportunities did we have in front of gold today that you know, on another day, that's like a 4-1, 3-1 game. Easy. So finish your dinner. Yeah, it is. It is true. Um, you know, kind of interesting, even on a day that Pulisic doesn't play, he's trending in the sports side of Twitter. You just wonder as well, like, could he have been the difference maker? We've seen him hit City on the break and almost do um, to the opposition what uh, what um Adeyemi did to us, unfortunately. So uh, anyway, shout outs to everyone on Patreon. If you're looking for a good old Chelsea FC community, check us out. We have an amazing Discord server there. And as always, we're asking people to give us five-star reviews in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, we are top 10 in soccer in the U.S. for all podcasts. That's ESPN. That's NBC. That's CBS. You know, there's a lot of big-time media companies in there, and we are throwing our weight around. So we appreciate any of the help we get. But... Here we go. Match details time. We're getting into it. It was Borussia Dortmund this past Wednesday, the 15th of February. No Valentine's hangover for us. It uh, was the Champions League at Signal Iduna Park. But, Nick, it is actually, like a lot of stadiums, known mostly for its original name, isn't it? The Westfalen Stadion, which is one of my favorite names for a stadium ever. Uh, I remember watching, God, it had to be that, when they had that miracle run in 2013, and they would do like the overhead like camera shots from like the helicopter going in that thing, and it looks so damn intimidating. I was like, man, like I want to go see a match there. That that thing looks awesome. And to be fair to him, man, Dennis, they showed out today. That thing was 
packed. It was unbelievable. What was it like 80, 80,000, 82,000? Yeah. And they didn't stop singing the entire match. Like, kudos to them. Like, that's a that's the kind of support you want to see in the Champions League. Not to be outdone by our own away support as well. I thought that they did a good job of representing us the right way as well. But, man, that wall is intimidating. It's beautiful. Uh, all the British journalists there, just a lot of photos in social media posts about it just because Todd. it was that big. Todd yeah. got him, too. He was doing yeah. the little Instagram story. It It is impressive. Um yeah, they added 20,000 seats just for this game uh, as they look to expand. So normally it's 61,000, Dennis. It was up to 81 for this match. So I did not know that. Yep. Uh, Scoreline, case you missed the Dortmund 1, Chelsea nil goal coming from, as I said, Kareem Adeyemi uh, in the 63rd minute. So no highlights from the fifth stand-up as they do not have rights. So... Right into the lineup, uh, Potter going back to his 4-2-3-1. A lot of similarities. We knew that there were going to be a couple of forced changes just because of the way the Champions League roster was fit, um, which means Koulibaly came in. So Reese James on the right, Silva and Koulibaly in the middle, Chilwell on the left. Uh, sticking with Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Enzo Fernandez as the holding midfielders. And then up front, he let Mudrik, Felix, Ziyech spin in behind Kai Havertz, and that's how uh, it settled us. Uh, only two subs on the day, which I thought was a little interesting, but I guess if it's working enough, you don't really mess with it. Uh, Mason Mount and Mark Kukure came in as a double sub in the second half, uh, which left Kovacic on the bench, Betnelli, Trevo, uh, Zakaria, Gallagher, Aspi, Carnes. Uh, Wesley Fofana, Bergstrom, and Lewis Hall all sat there. But, Nick, I kind of wondered, especially with a Kovacic, especially with a Fofana, um, especially with uh, maybe that's it for the most part. Anyways, just how much fitness did they really have in them? You know, they're all coming back from yeah. injury. So, again, it's like minutes at this point. Yeah, same with Trev, same, you know, Zakaria. Yeah, we know that Aspie doesn't have 90 right now. You know, Carnes and, and Connor. You know, probably, I don't know if they're Champions League ready right now. Like, I I think it's kind of a false front of a bench a little bit. Like, you, I think the players that started are probably the players that you would want to play. I mean, obviously, you wish you had Batty Ashiel in the Champions League. You had to sacrifice him to get uh, Felix on. And you wish that, you know, today especially, you wish you had Matawake out there on the right wing just causing all sorts of chaos, which which I love. So... Uh, but obviously Ziyech comes in for him and, you know, I don't, I don't think either one had a bad game. So this is not me slating them at all. I think, I think Koulibaly actually played maybe his best match in a Chelsea shirt today. I, I think it could be argued and, and Ziyech, you know, was a, a key contributor offensively. So yeah, I, I think the starting lineup is, is what it's going to be in a couple of weeks too, <laughs> pretty much. That's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some of the top line stats, Chelsea, 21 shots, eight on target. So that's over one out of every three. We had 53% possession on Dortmund side. They had 14 shots, only two on target uh, with 47% possession. So Kepa made a save. They scored the second. That was about it on the day. Uh, we had 12 fouls there, 13, four cautions there, six, no red cards, could have been, uh, three offsides mm. to their none and 10 corners to their five. Again, XG giving us a 2.1 from foot mob to 1.41 for Dortmund. Uh, this is the first time we've been over two in a while. We're usually around 1.3, maybe 1.5 in the last kind of handful of league games. Um, and if you really want to break it down, it was 0.71 for Chelsea in the first half, 1.39 in the second half, which shows you we really, really laid it on. Dennis, three big chances. And we missed three big chances. The, we continue, yeah. as CFC Central likes to tweet out, we get a big chance, we miss a big chance. <laughs> the streak continues. It really is so frustrating. Um, we do have I a mean, whole section about this, Dennis, so don't spoil okay. your big take yet. Okay, okay. okay. I, will, I will hold back then. I will say this, though, in, you know, in lead up to this big section coming up, um, I thought we did a lot of good things in the buildup. I thought Chelsea looked to be playing a lot better on the counter, especially in that first half. Um, we look to be razor sharp. It's just now the final step is just finish. Just finish those, finish your dinner. You know, that's going to be the slogan for the day, guys. Finish your dinner. We're going we're gonna to hear that one throughout it. No worries there. Uh, one random stat add up to Gene saying 21. Borussia Dortmund faced 21 shots against Chelsea. Their highest tally 
in a Champions League game that they won <laughs> on record. Uh, that was since the 03-04 season uh, wall, which ironically, they put a picture of a wall from a free kick. Uh, it was not our day. Doesn't it feel like we have one of these stats every week? Like, wow, another team has done something <laughs> unexpected against Chelsea. So true. It's, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, re- it's just bad luck, everything. It's like when you listen to the commentators and they say, team hasn't scored a goal from the corner in three seasons. <laughs> and then all of a sudden Bam. it just bangs in. On, yeah, it just It's crazy. Our luck is ridiculously poor this year. The opposite of a commentator's curse. Uh, yeah, look, as predictable, Gregor Koble got a 9.2 on Sofa score and an 8.7 on Foot Mob, and he was man of the match in both uh, of those. So uh, another summation. As Chelsea Youth was saying, uh, the West Ham keeper stood on his head. It's just a Chelsea thing. It's what people do to us. It's it's the worst. <laughs> so, um, and pet shithouse moment of the match. Sure, you know, a bit of a dust up there at the end. Yeah, I, I think that's probably it. It's like the Kukurea Mount, you know. Yo, Mason found out how big Sule was real quick. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a big old guy. He's a big boy, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, maybe you don't go fight the biggest guy in the yard. Maybe you maybe you take on one of the smaller ones. To be fair, I mean, Dortmund have some huge dudes. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bellingham is big, but I didn't real. I mean, I actually thought that like comparatively because they were on the same side a lot, like him and Ruben were a physical matchup like yeah. for each other. They were about the same size. I think Bellingham's a little bit broader, maybe shoulders, but, but Ruben stood, you know, pretty clear up to him. He was clearing people out of the fight too. So yeah, they have some big, big people on that squad. Yeah. Uh, Another reason why I was glad to see Ruben play though, his physical stature is something that we needed in that midfield as well. Yeah. Um, Played a good game too. Let's let's be real. Like coming back in and showing again that he can play in. He's just so versatile, man. Like he can play in so many different roles for this team and and gives you good minutes when he comes in, man. Perfect addition as a squad player, you know, challenging for those roles as well. Yeah, which is exactly what we're going to touch on. We're going to start with the positives. So we're going to take our ad break when we get back. Again, positives. What did go well at times playing beautiful football. So thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. All right, so as Dennis was alluding to, there were some good things that happened in this match, albeit the 1-0 loss. You know, Chelsea played an overwhelmingly positive match at Dortmund, dominated possession. You know, we even had 52% away in the first leg of a Champions League match. Um, had some good counterattacks. The passes were flowing at times, and the quality was there until you really got inside the box, you know, or around the box. And then it's, it dried up a, a little bit. Um so, you know, I guess I'll I'll throw in the the Graham Potter quote. I think we can react to that and then kind of start to pick out some of the specifics, like you said, Ruben and things like that. Uh, so uh, Potter, after the match, said, quote, overall, we were pleased with the performance for big parts of the game. It's complicated away uh, from home in the Champions League in a hostile environment against the team that's in a good moment. Remember, Dortmund are unbeaten in eight. So I thought it was an even first half, managed the game quite well. We had some chances to counter and we hit the bar. Second half, apart from the one decisive action where we didn't do well enough, we were the dominant team and created some good chances. With a little bit of luck and final execution, we would have got the deserved goal. It is what it is. We just have to keep going. It's halftime. It's a tight game, and we'll look forward to Stanford Bridge. End quote. One detail on the counterattack where we did slip. Phil at Chelsea U did tweet that actually Mudrick was there. Mudrick was the one marking mm-hmm. at Yemi, but he slipped. And so yep. Enzo was marking nobody. And then our backup failsafe failed, and then we went to our backup backup failsafe. So really unfortunate in that moment too. We um, we gotta buy we gotta buy Mudrick some spikes. That my guy was slipping all over the place yeah. uh, today, and so you gotta work on the footwear there a little bit because yeah, I mean everybody was in my mentions about like, well, why is Grand Potter only having one guy back in a Champions League game against a counterattack? And it wasn't that; it was that his marker completely whiffed and and let him go and it's just yeah i mean it was it was a brutal it was a brutal moment for us and i th- i think the point i'd make about the counterattack before we get into the positives is that like you you if you're enzo and you're not on a card take a card there man just bring him down in, foul him in their half just to yeah. just clarify no red just, card dude in no, their half just just right there right there where there are people and just take them out and that's it um you got you got to do a, a better job there, unfortunately. But yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he also, I mean, Potter also said this is a, a, another step forward for us. Uh, the performance was no, another step forward for us. Uh, before the game, you're looking at Reese James, Chilwell, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Koulibaly. That was either their first or second game for quite some time. It isn't easy to pick up the speed of the Champions League, but I thought they did it well. We had three new players coming in, playing against the team in a good moment. We will improve in three weeks' time, and we will take, uh, and we can take the game at Stamford Bridge. Uh, the first one I want to touch on, Brandon, is Chilwell. Uh, it, he starts, and, and I think to rousing cheers from Chelsea Twitter, <laughs> um, and, 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 and by, and by proxy, I mean, I think the left side was balanced. Like we thought it might be, um, obviously him and Mudrick began to connect and all that sort of stuff. But what, what were your thoughts on, on Chilwell's performance, Brandon, and, and just the overall balance he brought? Well, I think, you know, we're always going to want Chilwell in when healthy, you know, and the mat, I think so the, the fact was, all right, if he is going to start, how long do we get him? Because we still don't think he's got 90 in him. Uh, Potter said he the plan was always 60 to 70 minutes, which he got. So um, he's bright. He's athletic. He's positive. Um, no issues with him in Koulibaly on that side, uh, which I think was never really the concern. Uh, it was more an attack. You know, what can he do? Mudrik was back in. Um Credit to CFC Central again. He put out a thread saying, hey, it's actually not Kukurea's fault a little bit. So I read it. I learned. I educated myself. Appreciate him for putting that out there. But Ben was good. He was fluid. Um, you know, he's a hybrid of a hyper-defensive left back and a Marcos Alonso who could not care about defending one bit. And he's the perfect balance because he can tackle. He's fast. Uh, he's smart. And he's technical. And he loves getting forward. Um, so... I, I was just really glad to see him back and remembering what we got in that first run uh, post-transfer uh, in from Leicester. And I wasn't really sure about him because I just hadn't watched him. And he graced us that first run. You know, he's had some injuries, but this is what we want. Um, we want him being the starting left back or left wing back. He's versatile. And I'm super happy to see him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. A lot of what you said there, um, I think what you get from Chilwell is just the ability to, you know, really threaten that back line, you know, really put them under pressure. And, you know, with Mudrick still sort of like in preseason form, if, if I'm being honest, not quite up to speed yet. Uh, we needed somebody on that left flank and just kind of like marshal it, settle things down and like get us playing the right sort of football. And I thought that Chilwell was a bright light in that regard. Um, in terms of just getting us on the front foot and like continuously putting the pressure on the defense and whatnot. And he's a welcome addition in contrast to, to Cucurella. I think Cucurella has been good for us, to be honest. I mean, not great um, in, in every situation, but he's been good, you know, and you know, you're right. CFC central did outline that, uh, you know, he's, he's had his, his fits and starts, but at the same time, a lot of the things that we've been seeing the last couple of days has been mostly down to just, tactical you know tactical more than anything and not having the understanding with Mudrik which to be honest with you I don't think that we had this I don't think that Chilwell and Mudrik have the same understanding either that's just going to take time to grow and get like um, a real sort of synergy and understanding together like from what I see from Mudrik he likes to have the ball in behind and there were opportunities where we could have played him in early and he just used his pace to get in behind and we just didn't really recognize those runs um, enough in the last couple of games. I think what I liked about Chilwell's performance is that he actually maintained the width. Uh, Kukurea has been all over the map um, and, and and not, I think, supporting the width. And I think when you saw Mudrik finally get on the ball uh, and, and start to make you know, people miss and, and make him scared as he was getting close to the box. That's when Chilwell would do the outside overlap to maintain that discipline, right? Or or back him up so that he had a quick outlet pass so that he could pass and go, right? This was a really, really savvy performance from a not 100% Ben Chilwell. I mean, that last run, Brandon, when he's hoofing it down there, <laughs> you're like, whoop, well, maybe not quite 100% yet, but... Um, you know, I think the fact that that he got 71 minutes today is a huge step forward for him. He did take a little bit of a knock, which, you know, Graham Potter, you know, said that, you know, about five minutes before he came off, he had a little run down the side, had a kick on his ankle. I haven't checked it over, but I think it's more of a kick than anything and probably a little bit of fatigue. 
Uh, first start for him in some time, so it was good to take him off at 60, 70 minutes max, so that was our plan anyway. Um, but, I mean, he created three chances today. He did, and one of them was a big chance. He had four passes into the offensive third. Um, you know, he had he won 50% of his tackles, three for six. Uh, won 50% of his aerial duels, one for two. Um, he had five recoveries. Again, I was kind of looking at his heat map here. He is obviously bombing up and down, um, but majority of his time was spent at midfield and in the opposition's half, you know? And I think I looked at, like, average position of players. I mean, he might have been left back on paper, but I can tell you it was just Tiago and Koulibaly back. Everybody else was up today. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and Chilwell's ability to maintain possession and progress the pass was key to that. Um, when you have Chilwell and Reese James healthy, this is a different team, right? Teams are afraid of us. Uh, they create so much on those flanks. And the more Chili and and Moody, as we can start to call them, uh, get their <laughs> sync together. A uh, 70s cop drama. There you go. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna be flying. Um, I bet they love like going to the tattoo shop and say, hey, what random ass thing do you want to put on our body today? <laughs> they're all for it. A liger, probably. They uh, want a liger. A liger. <laughs> it's fun uh, with you guys. <laughs> it, it, it was good. Um, but there's a lot of other players that created too, Nick. You know, obviously, you know, Chilwell coming back and, and stamping his authority on this one uh, was was good. Um, you have the the deliveries into the box today because I think that's really important is, is who is trying to create that final pass. Um, you know, Ziyech had four. I think he had uh, two passes and two dribbles into the box. There's that 10-minute spell where Ziyech was just like outside of his body. He had yeah. all the confidence. He was taking everybody on. He was like shape-shifting between two defenders, and he ended up being like on at for that 10 10 minute period he produced more than than i think we'd seen out of him in in weeks yeah yeah i think actually i think he was pretty good today um you know i think the champions league just from a a pace and physicality standpoint just suits him better than the mm -hmm. Premier league does um so you know that's probably not a massive surprise um but yeah i mean it's it's ziesh it's felix with four you know we'll talk about felix here in a second uh havertz with three Mudrick with three, Reese James with two, and then a bunch of players on one, right? So, I mean, that's a, you know, I guess when you have 21 shots and you have seven or eight on target, you know, there's some disparity out there as to how many we had on target. Um, you know, you have to have critical passes into players who can actually do something with the ball that you're providing. And there were, I think, many opportunities today, especially if you think back to the to the Koulibaly shot, like, He's he's wide open. I mean, we haven't had a wide open player in the box for it feels like three or four years. And that, you know, that that felt like, a, wow, like that's a real team, you know, passing the ball in the box and finding the open guys. So, yeah, I was I was pleased, I think, with the overall flow of the of the attack today. I mean, I know obviously we didn't score. We're going to talk about that next. But this is the, the part where we can sing some praises, Dennis. And I, I think there's a lot of good stuff in here um you know from from a just a passing perspective yeah i think you're i can echo those sentiments i think that we did a good job in the build-up and you know identifying the weak areas in the box which was basically you know at, at the top of the 18 like they left that wide open so many times and we had more than a few opportunities to just really hurt them and just didn't take any of them but yeah overall um i you guys were right. There was a purple patch of form from Ziyech today. Like, it was, I mean, he's so predictable. Like, that's the only thing that I really just, just gets my gears going. Like, you just know what he's going to do every time. And the unpredictability is kind of what you want in the wings. Like, you want to have somebody that you know, you can go left or right. You know, is he going to swing it across? He's going to take you to the byline. And he doesn't really provide a lot of that. But, you know, that cross, that inward cross, that uh, inverted cross that he seems to be, you know, his go-to move, it was quite effective today. Like we got a, more than a few opportunities off of that. There were a couple of times where, and I, I know the instance that Brandon's talking about where he basically just ghosted into the box and then let off like a, I, I thought he was going to score. The way he hit it, it looked like it had so much venom attached to it. I thought he was going to score for sure. But, you know, unfortunately it was blocked. But, you know, like overall, I think that our buildup phases were much, much more improved. And it's basically just because we had more people on the ball that were 
doing the right things with it, had an understanding of how to build an attack, how to put in a cross, how to put in a pass and whatnot. So, um, yeah, overall, I was I was quite pleased with the buildup phase. But as you say, you know, like <laughs> that final phase, you know, where you really need to be clinical, especially in the Champions League, we just weren't good enough. Felix was all over the place. I mean, he kind of mentioned sure. it, you yeah. know, uh, how he didn't score, especially that off that great cutback at the beginning. Um, you know, he had two passes and two dribbles in the box. He also won a shit ton of duels. Uh, he had a really high XG. Like, he was all over the place. Uh, Nick, rightly so, he said he was wasteful. And I'm just like, it, he was creating everything. It seemed like if something good was going to happen today, it was going to go through Felix. And it just, again, and, and this is what we've been saying, like, you're just like, I can't imagine any other season that a player of his quality would just miss all these chances and or just you know one step not enough and you know even at West Ham and how he didn't score was was absolutely beyond me but what I will say is his techers is disgusting the ball in tight spaces he invites pressure he'll pull back roll off a player I mean that guy I don't know what was going on at Letico I don't know but like I get him and Diego Simeone didn't see eye to eye as a coach, if if you have a player with this much skill and confidence, it's sometimes you just got to let the kid go. And I right? do think that Graham Potter putting him as the number 10 and giving him this freedom is the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the Jamie Tart of our generation, really. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I think the offensive stuff is flashy, but what I'm most impressed about with Felix today is nine duels won. He had as many duels won as Emre Chan uh, today, and just a couple uh, of destroyers. M- more, more than Bellingham, more than Adiyami, more than center backs. Uh, he was, he was not only, you know, I think at times wasteful, uh, but he recovered too. I mean, so it's it's not like the, you know. It, Sometimes when Hazard lost the ball, we didn't get a, a full amount of effort in the track back to get it back. Um, but this was, a, I think, again, it was a really physical game uh, between two teams playing at a very high pace, Dennis. Like, I think the thing I wanted to highlight here is this was a fight. Uh, you know, both teams came into it. There's a lot of tackling, uh, a lot of dumb tackling, a lot of physical matchups on, on set pieces like and, you know, I think our guys who I think could be, you know, forgiven for being small, smaller technical players for the most part showed up and, and battled the uh, the big the big German squad. Yeah, that's what Champions League's all about, man. You bring your, your A game, you know, and like you bring your fight and your mentality to impact the game uh, in, in, in respects to Felix. I think this guy's technique is just incredible. It's just incredible. He reminds me like he's the first person since Eden Hazard to excite me when he has the ball at his feet, because it's again, that unpredictability and the ability to just really put the defense on their back heels. Like how many times did you see him in the middle of the pitch, you know, dribble past two or three guys with effortless ease, you know I mean? Just so easily. And then, you know, pick a pass as well. I mean, there were a couple of times where I thought that he held on to the ball a little bit too long, where I feel like he could have just released it into space and had Mudrick, you know, just bombing in on goal. But overall, when we're on the tr- in transition and he's the ball's at his feet, you know he's going to make the right decisions more often than not. And it's going to put us in, uh, you know, the most critical areas to score goals. It's just unfortunate we didn't take enough of those today or any of those, to be honest, right? But Again, everything that you said about like the the fight within the squad today and the ability to really like withstand a big team, like a big physical team, like you wouldn't think that of Dortmund to be a big physical team, but they are that right now. And you know, we held our own. Um, we were very much toe to toe with them for the most part. And you know, I think there's something to build on going forward. I mean, we're going to talk about the return, like I know a little bit later, but. You know, I, I really think that if we can take this game, take the energy from this game and, you know, bottle it up and bring it into the next game, um, I think that we might be in a good position to, you know, just get out of the tie. Yeah, I mean, uh, other positives here, Brandon, you know, just to highlight some other players. Reese started to look like Reese again today, which was utterly fantastic. <laughs> I think he enjoyed himself down that side quite a bit. Um, not one to shy away from a a physical altercation old Reese, but uh, he seemed to start to get 
better in sync with with Ziyech as the game went on. Yeah, I mean, the the swag is there. It's almost to the point where we're back to, hey, this is the level we expect you to be at, and this is what we take for granted because you're good. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, once he starts to mean mug players, once he starts to pick their pocket and then kind of look back at them, that's when you know Reese is is humming on all cylinders. So uh, there was no doubt about that, and you really didn't have to worry about the right side at all today because – Reese, Reese James. A couple of really good free kicks too. Um, you know, I'm not saying he should have scored on that one, but I think he he also provided some good service off free kicks. Um, I thought the midfield was kind of quietly efficient today. I, I, Real quick you know. on Reese, what I was surprised at his uh, passing and movement in tight spaces on that right with him and Ziyech and Ruben mm. and things like that and the attackers, that is something a little bit newer that we're seeing. He was very venturous uh, and willing to... Um, kind of like bait people people in and then a little flick and then he'd get around them as well so again maybe a little evolution uh with reese's game yeah uh yeah the midfield was interesting for me as you as you mentioned that nick um i thought in the first half we had we we're having some problems there just like getting the measurement and and like really keeping it tight like i thought we were easily played through the first maybe 10 to 15 minutes of the midfield but as they grew into the game, and speaking of specifically Enzo and and Ruben Loftus Cheek, we started to see you know their quality come to the fore, like both defensively in transition and in the offensive third as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of a slow start for the midfield, I think. But you know, as they grew into the game, I felt like they had a little bit more presence and they had a little bit more control in there as well. Not not an easy midfield to play against either. Emery Chan's not exactly lightweight in there and then obviously when you look at Jude Bellingham who's very good on the ball very technically sound and also physical you know like it it was it was difficult we did I mean the combination didn't let Bellingham do much though yeah I mean that I mean if you look at the you know what we saw in like the World Cup or any of Bellingham's like previous performances for Dortmund like the dude runs the show like he is He's kind of a one-man band in there, and, and Chan is just there to kind of to just you know clean up messes and and kind of you know cycle the ball and stuff like that. But I thought that Ruben did a good job today. I know he gets a lot of hate on Chelsea Twitter. I, uh, you know, I, it, I really don't get it. Like when you it, think about he played well, like, like your fourth, fifth choice midfielder or whatever, like however you want to categorize him. You think of world football. How many teams can say that they have a Ruben Loftus? the cheek in that position in the middle he's he's a very very good midfielder for where we, we slot him in terms of like you know the pecking order and not to mention the fact that he's versatile like when was the last time he's he's never played the sixth row before like he's usually a, an eight ten or even further forward sometimes like on the on the flank and now he's playing we've seen him playing uh what right wing back <laughs> under Tuchel which is kind of weird we've seen him play center back which is also weird and we've seen him in the six and he's looking like He's ready to fight for that position there. Like, what more could you ask for? I thought he was fine. He's not. He's not a tidy. CDM. He's Brandon. tidy. He, yeah, yeah. He's he's not gonna clean up every mess. He's not gonna be in Golo Conte, which I think people are just so desperate for Golo to come back. Yeah. I'm I'm one of them. Yeah. But like, you know, I thought he was fine, and and I thought Koulibaly was fine. I know I mentioned this earlier, but. I mean, he was dominant in aerial duels today. I mean, absolutely everywhere. I He did the stupid-ass thing where he got baited at the end on that counterattack uh, by, I think it was, I forget their right back's name, but he, he over-pursued and then had to go catch up, and then, you know, luckily we had covered. But he didn't do the, the dumb stuff very much today, and I think really played within himself and and – you know, between him and Silva, Brandon, you mentioned like they were the only two back for a lot of that second half, mm-hmm. just kind of pinging balls around. So, and you know, wish he would have had the goal. That would have been really nice for him too. Ooh, good right. strike. Good I mean, strike. He, had a, he had a key pass. He only won one of three of his ground duels, but he won three of four of his aerial duels, which is is usually where he won him too. He had four clearances, two block shots. Um, uh, very very big heat map on that left side. You know, coming was he was he sick? Wasn't he sick? That's why he was out recently. Uh, he's sick, but Batty Shields <laughs> now the starter on no, that I side. No, I know, but mean, that's the most thing yeah. is like because it was like him and Sterling that were kind of okay and available, but not really. So he's also kind of being forced right back into it as well. Uh, I guess is what I was kind of thinking. Of course, Batty Shield was always going to play in the in the league and mm-hmm. save Koulibaly for this. Um, you know, 
think about his mentality as well. He knows that this young kid probably just came in out of France and took his job. Um, but he still showed up. He acted like a national team captain, uh, wasn't, you know, doing anything fancy, was a hard man, uh, was positioned well. Uh, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. Tiago was having to scramble too much. Koulibaly played a mm-hmm. very smart game. And because of that, it kept the pressure in front of the center backs. Uh, like I said, they had two shots. One kept a save, low to his right in traffic, and the other one went in. At the end of the day, that's all you can ask for from a defensive unit. And um, he looked good. You know, he's one of our higher rated players on SofaScore. Um, he didn't do anything crazy, but again, like he, sh- he could have, should have had that goal super unlucky. And the fact that he put that much pace on it and on frame as a center back, uh, can you imagine the rush of blood that went to his head? He is not used to that. Uh-huh. Normally it's Man. an aerial ball. He's smashing in with his yeah. head. He yeah. settled it and hit it. Like that's too much time for a center back. But I think that's the point What you just said is like, you don't do anything crazy. You play within yourself. It's really, really hard to score against us. Like, I mean, Chelsea's defense, I think, is third in the Premier League this season. And, you know, I think we we did some foolish stuff in the Champions League group stages. But, like, this is not this is a really good defense. Like, the defense is not the issue, as we will talk about in the next <laughs> section. <laughs> it's it's putting the ball in the back of the net. So, if, I think if we play within ourselves, you know, again, maybe you give up a goal. But you're probably not giving up more than that on, on balance this season. So, yeah. I mean, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and like just to touch on Koulibaly again, I think that he's struggled with the pace of the Premier League. Like, let's just be real. Um, I think that he's kind of like really had a, a, hard, a rough time just coming to grips with the pace. And the Champions League for me is an opportunity for him to just find his feet again. Um, as much as yeah. it is a tougher competition in terms of like the level of teams that you're playing against, he's he's it's a slow it's played at a slower pace. And I think that he's been able to like, you know, just recalibrate, you know, his his positioning and like, you know, be able to like really find his feet again. So I think that the competition is helping him. Um, and you know we're seeing more of the best of Kalubali again, which again was on display today. I thought, played really mm-hmm. well. yeah. Um, well, uh, that's obviously <laughs> two sides to every coin. Um, that was the good side. So flipping it over. Uh, but I do want to take a quick ad break so when we get back. Uh, maybe some of the struggles about Chelsea not being able to score. So thank you, to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right. Well, uh, despite playing some beautiful football at times, Chelsea consistently struggled to convert chances in front of goal it's funny i was just on twitter uh and good friend of the pod twin cities blues was saying bollocks chelsea are inventing ways to not score frustrating he was there in the gods uh watching this one Uh, he says i think we can get a result at home um but we got to focus on what happened today at op the joe sticking in the knife saying four in 2023 chelsea have scored just four goals in nine matches in all competitions failing to score in five of those games indeed they have drawn a blank in more matches this calendar year so far than any other premier league club lacking uh yeah um like i said we battered had 21 shots eight on target could have should have scored xg of two the recipe was there all the ingredients were there nick we just forgot to put it in the oven <sighs> yeah it's it's maddening i mean it's it's absolutely ma- i mean it's funny if if you uh, like to laugh to stop from crying um you know i mean the the felix shot that hits the bar you assume that he puts that away nine times out of ten uh havertz chance you you got to do better with that uh, you know enzo i think it's really unlucky at the end with a great save um uh from their keeper uh you know it's it's i don't know man i i'm really struggling to understand what's going on because you know i i think the chances are there you know for the most part you know i think this team creates enough to have a couple of goals, you know, our, our XG is consistently 1.5 or, or above. But, I mean, if you look at the XG per player today, Kai Havertz, 0.99, jo- Joao Felix, 0.81, Ziyech, 0.5, Fernandez, 0.3, Chilwell, 0.2, James, 0.2, on and on and on. The highest Dortmund player was a 0.59 for Adeyemi's goal, probably. So... The chances are there. 
Dennis, uh, you know, not sure what you what sort of reverse jinx or or magic you have to concoct to to make the goals go in. Finish your supper, man. Finish your dinner. It's the slogan of the day. And yeah, we are creating a lot now. I think that we have the personnel on the pitch to create opportunities to score. But I mean, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, but like I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, did we actually make the right selections in terms of like who we want in the Champions League roster right now? I'm sure that's a question that's on everyone's mind right now. You know, obviously Obama Young was left out. I mean, I mentioned to you guys earlier, like Ziyech was literally a fax machine away from going to PSG. He's in the squad. Didn't play bad today. I thought he was actually really good. But, you know, we still need a goal scorer. Like, you look at the roster right now. We don't have anyone that is an actual goal scorer. I mean, you can play Clyde Harvard to the nine, and you know what you're going to get from him. He's not necessarily the most, you know, clinical in the box. He's not the most clinical striker. So if he goes down now, like, just assume right now that even Kai Havertz goes down the injury right now. What do we have up top? We have absolutely nothing in terms of the striking position that could pierce any of the teams, you know, in the, that are left in this competition right now. So I'm starting to question the decision making, the leaving somebody like Aubameyang. Regardless, he hasn't been playing well this year. I agree, like especially in the Premier League, but he's a striker. He's a guy that knows where the goal is, you know. And so I'm just, I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about like, what do we need most right now? We need somebody that can finish opportunities, and uh. I'm sorry, as much as like Aubameyang is not the best in terms of like build-up play, he's not the best in terms of like work rate off the ball, all of these other things that we can, you know, point to as to why he's probably not favored right now. You're putting up a, a chance in front of him. He's probably going to take it, you know, more so than pretty much anyone else in the side right now. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I think we look to the next leg right now. Maybe Raheem Sterling comes back into the side. Who knows? He's somebody that we can probably look to to help us you know, help with our, with our finishing. But overall, I'm just not seeing enough. We have a great attacking intent with, when you look at Mudrick, Felix, you know, Kai Havertz, Ziyech, you know, Reese, Chilwell, but we just don't have the potency in front of goal. And I think that that's going to be a real problem going forward until we address it. I mean, the Champions League roster is very different from the Premier League roster, you know, and the the forwards that Chelsea listed when they put out the presser um, was Joao Felix played, Mikhailo Mudrik played, and Kai Havertz played. Um, you know, to your point, the only two uh, people who can come back from injury are Christian Pulisic and then Raheem Sterling from being sick. Um, you know, Mason Mount's coming off the bench. You know, Hakim Ziyech is kind of in and out from there, but. I kind of what we have is is what we got. I mean, at this point, Nick, I don't think it's there's really nothing to change. You just have to dial in like something on the training ground. I mean, I feel like we're creating the right types of chances for the right people. Kai's hold up play today to like feed in Jaw Felix on that counter was brilliant. I don't know how that didn't go in either. You know, so I I felt like we created the right chances. We created a lot of chances. There weren't a lot of block shots. Um, I, I haven't been able to figure out if it's not personnel that you can change stylistically what we want to do. All I would say is that, again, whatever the hell they eat when they're before Champions League games, they should probably do that before Premier League games because this team was completely different from West Ham. They were hungry from minute one to 90. Yeah, it, it was a full performance. I mean, a full match. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I really don't know. I part of me wonders if it's if it's just the yips and and the you know uh the the coach that's been brought in on on the mental health front is, mm. is maybe gonna maybe gonna help you know cure the yips a little bit but man yeah it's it's super frustrating because i mean there are <laughs> there are so many moments where you're like oh is this going to be the thing that gets us going this year is this going to be the thing that you know gets Kai going or gets Felix going or gets Mudrick you know off to a flying start and it just doesn't it just doesn't happen and I I don't know I, I this is where I have empathy for for Potter Potter can't score the goals himself he 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 can put what I think is our best lineup out there today. I, I don't think I'd make one sub in that attacking four. And they have to go perform, right? And I, 
you know, I think there can be a lot said about about Potter, the results, the you know, the lack of wins, the two and fourteen, the setup of the team, all that sort of stuff. He can't make them score in a, in a game situation. I mean, he's pretty powerless there, Dennis. Yeah. So it's it's where I have I have empathy for him, man. He's carrying luggage under those eyes. Yeah, I don't think that Potter, anyone that is you know pushing this Potter agenda after today is. You know, just miss. Uh, you know, definitely. You know, miss misdirecting where the the ire should go. I thought he coached a four one. To be honest, I thought the tactics that we employed easily should have had us four one in that game. We had so many chances to score, and you know, but finishing, we did everything but finish. You know, what I mean, so how could you fault the manager for that? He put everyone in the right position to get the best. You know, chances to pierce the back of the net and. Unfortunately, you know, how many shots did we see just go right into the keeper? Didn't even have to move, you know, like point blank shots going right into the keeper. And you can't coach that like that is you need a striker. You need somebody that is clinical in the box, knows where the back of the net is. And unfortunately, as much as I I hate to admit it, we don't have anyone at the squad like that right now. And when you look at the the balance and the makeup of the roster right now, it just does not look balanced you know like we have too many wingers we have so many wingers to come back into the side like we mentioned Pulisic you know like Raheem Stur- those guys are all wingers and what do we have in the striking position outside of Kai Havertz right now I don't see any I- I'm intrigued though I, you know Sterling did play that false nine for Pep um, you know I wonder just for the sake of trying something different right like do we do we put him up top you know, or or pair him in a four four two with uh, with either Felix or Havertz to just see if something different can happen there. Um, you know, I think he's the one right now. I I don't see Pulisic playing a whole lot with Mudrik in there. You know, through the end of the season, I think that might just be a rotation thing or or a fitness thing. Um, I think he's still a few weeks away anyway. Yeah. But but Sterling is is one that you know he has Champions League experience. He has scored a bunch of goals. He has been up and down for us this year, but at least he has scored in the Champions League. Like we know he can. That that might be the one. I, I don't know, Brandon, if we if we want to move on to, to how we change the narrative in two weeks, but that might be one thing I'd throw out there. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that they kind of go hand in hand because, you know, I think people know this. We don't like to just sit and moan uh, about things without trying to come up with solutions or ideas about how it can turn around you know it's easy to say what's wrong i mean we all know it potter saw it too you know so it's it's what can we potentially do and the number one thing we can do nick is take 21 americans with us to the bridge and make some freaking noise which is exactly what we're gonna do turn up boys turn up you're underselling it now it's gonna be 24 you already did the math earlier 21 with us you're right i implied the three amigos uh as you would expect um, that's, that's the biggest thing I think we can do is, is show up, have some pints at the cock beforehand and make ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the pints are really key to that whole scenario. It's a math equation. You know, it's really, you're dialing it up, but find their hotel, you know, maybe be allowed the Dor- night before. Dor- Dorman can have their 20,000 extra people. That's fine. <laughs> but can they compete <laughs> with 24 pints? <laughs> very buzzed Americans uh, rolling in there. No, I mean, look, we're, you know, I think the atmosphere, I think, is is one thing, to, you know, to be real about it. You know, I think you you got a lesson in how to create an atmosphere at Dorbin today. I mean, again, I, I give them props. That, that's a huge amount of work that goes into the TIFO, to the chance, to the whatever. I, I hope that everyone allows themselves you know, especially, you know, the season ticket holders who have been going all year who have seen nothing but, you know, subpar results, you know, be real about it. I hope everyone allows themselves to get behind the team and, and cheer them on. Right. And really push to to make it to the next round. You know, as Chelsea gets healthier over the next couple of weeks and as we continue to evolve as a team, like I think it's just a huge opportunity for this club to advance to the next round. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows if we go any further than that. But you know, I just I hope the atmosphere is great. I also think, you know, I mentioned Sterling, but I think the say formation. His, say his name. I was going to say it. Yeah. NG, man. You, you, NG. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's ready, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. Think he's ready. I don't know. I, I, I 
I feel like that's an X factor right there. It would be a hell of a time for him to make his appearance. You dim the lights at Sanford Bridge. You put the fog out. You let him walk out of that tunnel all five foot four. And you just uh, Undertaker's I mean, music. If, if he was announced in the lineup card when we were in the Cock Tavern, I, I think people would would go crazy. Like, I, I would just, I would feel, uh, I think it's a it's a rare thing for me, but it's it's optimism. And... Yeah, it, I, that would be insane. I you know, I would love to see him. You know, Don't it's funny, it too. Like, the last Champions League run, 2021, it was a run around this stage that he came back from injury and basically was man of the match in every game after that. So, I mean, fingers crossed. I think that he's a difference maker. He's the, the one real, I think, X factor that we have in the squad that can come in and really influence a game in a positive way. Um, obviously, you still need to score goals, but, you know... In terms of like just build up play and like just dominating on the pitch, I think that he's he's a guy that we can really use in that midfield in the engine room. If not NG, um, as you're as you're calling him, I I think Zakaria could be an interesting flex for this game if he's healthy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allow allow Enzo to get forward a little bit more because Zakaria is more of your classic defensive midfielder, destroyer, clean up messes type type of player. Maybe that's a flex. Maybe you just try and push Enzo as close to to goal as you can manage, right? Without without stranding Zakaria too much on an island, and and maybe his extra passing above or over the top or you know through the sides would would be the right move. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, right. but that could be an option. Absolutely. You know, at the same time, you kind of got to play the hot hand you have. You know, Chelsea have got, you know, obviously a, a few matches in between now and then. You know, they have leads that is going to be the the Saturday before, which obviously we know because we're going to be there. You know, you got to play Southampton this weekend. Then it's Tottenham the next weekend. And then it's Leeds. So what I would say it's nice is we have one game a week, right, for the next three weeks. The 18th, the 26th, March 4th. And then you have this. So part of it is you're probably going to get three or four more bodies healthy. Heaven forbid no one picks up a knocker and an injury. But you'd also feel like Potter's going to have a lot of time on the training pitch with this group. Um, You know they're going to be getting ready for Leeds and Dortmund at the same time because of the limited roster in the Champions League and the flex that they have in the Premier League. Southampton are bottom of the table. You have to beat them. You got to beat Spurs, at least draw since we're away, right? Like from a moral victory standpoint. And then you play Leeds, who are probably going to have a new manager by that point. It's it's not an easy road, but I do I do think a lot of fans are coming out of this with a lot of um, hope and optimism that, hey, we, we can do a job against this team. And I think that like Dortmund, they, they were okay at times. They weren't great by any means. No. Um, and and so all we have to do is have a good day out and we're through, which which is awesome. No way rules, right? No way goals anymore. Mm. So all you have to do is is win Score on the two. win on the day. Yeah, with two goals and uh, the the business is done. <laughs> Given our recent offensive production, two seems like ten uh, to be <laughs> fair. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I, I just want to see the team. I think last point on this, and we'll move on. I just want to see the team go for it. I want to see them pressing super high. I want to see him winning back the ball in dangerous areas. I want to see players gamble with possession. I want to see them take chances. And I just want to see them rip the ball at goal as much as humanly possible yeah. in this match. Over 10 shots on target. That's what I want because I think we can get a couple of goals out of that. Right. Yeah, if we get anything close to that performance we got at Real Madrid at the Bernabeu last year, I think we go through. Um, something similar to that um but yeah it's just got to be like truly balls to the wall and just go you know like no no hesitancy you know no breaks nothing absolutely nothing just keep it going and uh use that forward momentum to drive and the home crowd and you know the the american contingent coming in with uh with a full of pints man just drive them on the victory man that's what we're looking for don't you worry about that dennis (laughs) speak that that we have fully in our control speaking of pints uh the dortmund (laughs) fans unable to control themselves uh chelsea fc tweeting uh at emmy scores uh quote tweeting sorry for the delay Admin's just been hit by a pint from above, to which Matt Law and Naz both uh, confirmed. 
Matt Law said, if ever there was an advert not to bring beer back into the stands in England, then it was here in Dortmund. So many pints of beer thrown down from the stands when Dortmund scored. Absolutely moronic. Naz says, someone threw a pint over me and broke my laptop when Adeyemi scored. I definitely want Chelsea to turn this around now. Uh, he said he wasn't going to say it, but Eintracht is louder than here, <laughs> little, too. So he's just little sti- pettiness, a little pettiness. it in. He got full-time BVB1 Chelsea nil and my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Rough day out poor for Naz. the media, unfortunately. Uh, poor Naz. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it sounds like this is not a good advert for, for booze in the stadium. It was funny seeing people sit like right behind the goal with a pint in their hand. But Yeah, my, my favorite was some guy replied to Matt saying, I don't know, it was only a few pints. It's not that bad. I was like, <laughs> really? Okay. okay. It only takes one. All right. <laughs> Says that guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, some of the other results from this round. Uh, PSG losing to Bayern 1-0, uh, even with Bayern receiving a red card. Milan won Tottenham nil. Love to see that result. Uh, Benfica, Enzo's former employers, two club Bruges nil. Uh, Liverpool play Real Madrid the day this comes or next week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I had to go backwards. Yeah, we're still in staggered weeks. So uh, Liverpool, Madrid yep. on Tuesday, Frankfurt, Napoli on Tuesday, Leipzig City on Wednesday, and Inter v Porto on Wednesday. So only halfway done. Yeah, only halfway. So more Champions League games next week, which is nice from a fan's perspective because you know more football that'll be coming. Um, the five thirty eight uh, power rankings, which Dan loves to do here, uh, Chelsea. A little bit of slippage. We're down to, I don't know, we're down here. Uh, They're thinking most likely this is where our road ends is in the round of 16. They gave us a 36% chance of making the quarters, 18% of making the semis. Uh, But that's the beauty of it, Dennis. Chelsea love to be the underdog. They love to be the bad guys. We love to be the spoilers of the lovely media narrative. Um, it's, I think from a Chelsea's perspective, it would not be that shocking if we go up and go out and mop up Dortmund in the second leg. That doesn't mean we're cocky and we're arrogant and we're expecting it. Think of the away legs, whether it's Liverpool, Napoli, Barcelona, Real Madrid, we have proof in history that Chelsea will step up in a time where they have to win and do the business. Yeah. I mean, we've made a history of having our backs up against the wall and finding a way through, you know, that's, that's the Chelsea way really, you know, like, so yeah, there is an opportunity for us to do that again. You know, we haven't been playing the greatest football the last little while. So, you know, there is that to think about, like, I'm still trying to figure out when we can see some consistency on the pitch. We're seeing fits and starts of that. We're seeing like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but I want to see a complete 90 and yep. until we can do that, you know, I'm not I, I can't necessarily say that we're, you know, we're in a position where we can just consider ourselves through to the next round based on the performance that we saw today. Like I thought we played extremely well today. Don't get don't get it twisted, you know, outside of like the finishing. But I need to see that again and again and again, you know, just to build up my own you know, confidence into what we're seeing going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think the last thing I want to add here is like there was a little there were flashes of this today. I don't know if you guys picked it up or, you know, especially over free kicks like Reese and Chilwell were kind of taking the taking the piss. You know, Reese and, and Ziesh were kind of doing a little bit of a swaggy thing between them. Like, I want to see more of that. I want to see this team fake some confidence for a while mm-hmm. and and just show up and, and, and just deliver even if even if the play doesn't feel like peak Chelsea, just deliver the attitude of peak Chelsea for a little bit and see if that works. I mean, there is nothing to lose here as far as I'm concerned through the end of the year. Like we know it's a subpar Premier League. We know it's a subpar FA Cup. We know it's a subpar League Cup. We know that the Champions League now is on a knife's edge, right? So go out, free your free your mind of the expectations, swag in there and play really well. And and I think it's gonna, you know, the, the possibility is there to, to go through. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um that is how it works. We're not over. It's halftime. Uh unfortunately we're down one nil, but uh we will be packing all of our good luck charms with us to turn around. But Dennis, thank you so much for joining us again on a midweek recording. Uh it's it's very appreciative for you to hang out with us here on a, on a Wednesday night. I was going to break my, my recorder out and play the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Uh, you know that, that probably... only comes out when we win. Only when yeah. we win. Okay, but yeah, uh, s- send us that. Send us that when we win. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be a good way to get around uh, copyright and everything. So, um, as always, follow us, uh, Couch Critic. Uh, link in the description. Uh, YouTube channel is a buzzing. Love to see it. Uh, anyways. Uh, we're done here. Uh, this is my fourth episode of the week. I bet you are sick and tired of hearing me. So I'm going to take Friday off. Don't worry. I am. <laughs> take Friday off, get the famous CFC, uh, take in their goodness. Bleach, uh, blue royalty put out, uh, some more content as well with the women's team. So there's no shortage of stuff. Go check it out. Um, and if you're bored, and you want to see us, we're on YouTube again. So, um, check it out. Anyways, that's going to wrap for us. Chelsea fans until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.